This is a Payone Media production. The following podcast on the Your Own Pay Podcast Network will contain adult content. Listener discretion is advised. More information about this episode can be found at yourownpay.com. Enjoy the show. See, you sound so sophisticated. Did that come through super loud for you or at a reasonable volume? A uh, little loud, but not too loud. Okay. I'll adjust it in post because it records it. I figured we'll, we'll try something different. Actually get the disclaimer in the recording. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but it's time. Damasi and Michael just talking tech. So interesting. Google is making, trying to make some changes. I just heard Damasi Thomas is editing near this paragraph. Which is fine. And usually when you move, it says Demasi Thomas is no longer editing near this paragraph. But this time it said Demasi Thomas has left this paragraph. Hmm. So that's in- that's interesting. Yeah, see, I still get Michael Babcock is editing this paragraph. Michael Babcock is no longer editing this paragraph. Yeah, I get that too sometimes. So maybe they're working on it. And we're on 84. I strongly believe that everybody should, even even if you don't, even if you take a day off here and there, like everybody should take their birthday off just to do whatever the hell they feel like doing. Don't do any work. Just just take the whole day off and relax. Yeah. Enjoy do, yourself. Yeah, do do something. Just don't do work. Don't don't do anything. that's just take the whole day off. Though. Like, don't work. <laughs> you know, put that day in every year if you have a job. You know, you got a career or something. You have to put in vacation days. Like, always just put in for your birthday if it's on a weekday. Like, yep. look at the calendar when the year starts. I'm like, hey, I need this day off. And if you have the right career, you can get your birthday paid off. And that's even better. <laughs> that's really good if that works. <laughs> But even if it doesn't, like, even if yep. you work like a dog the, the other 364 days of the year, like, take your birthday off. Yeah. yeah. Mike has adopted the thing that I think a lot of us end up doing when we have significant others is we will take their birthday off and not do anything or take as much of it off as possible, <laughs> you know, considering their schedule, right? Because I know last this year, uh, I think Mallory actually had to work and then. I think maybe she, I don't know if she got off earlier or she just gets off at a certain time. She's like, okay, after Mallory gets off, I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm yep. shutting down everything. Yep. She took, she had to work that day. And then, yeah, after she was done, we just hung out. We didn't, we didn't really do a lot of big things or anything, but we spent time together. We don't have to together. do anything big. Exactly. It's <laughs> <laughs> not the point. <laughs> it's spend time with your loved ones and relax. Yes. Yeah, you know, that's why I think people should take their birthday off. Like, take your birthday off, and if you have a significant other, you know, your wife, husband, whatever, you know, take their day off too with them. Unless they just don't want to be bothered with you on their day, then let them go <laughs> and do their thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, if their thing is going to go hang around in the casino or hang around in the mall with their. Because, like, Tia, I think for Tia's birthday, like, I, I spent most of that day with her but i think the day before like she went and hung out with a couple of her friends like i didn't have to go for that like i you know no. I'm, it's not yeah. my thing like go do your because th- it's her day right so you know they want to hang out with you cool if they don't want to hang out with you well then maybe go to work so you can take your day off and do what you want to do you know maybe you want to sit around and play xbox mike used to play xbox 
I might start it again. Andrew has one upstairs, and I've thought about it. I just haven't went up there. I told him. He he called and goes, can I go to Megan's? I'm like, you always go to Megan's. He's like, yeah. I'm like, I thought she drove you crazy. He goes, yeah, but I still like hanging out with her. <laughs> so I'm thinking one of these times I'm going to go play his brand new Xbox, and, and then he'll come home and be like, what happened? <laughs> I feel like that's what happens when you go to your girlfriend's all the time. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So you recording? Yep. Perfect. Well, let me see what what Demasi. Did you put anything about follow up? Oh no, because I stopped okay. started talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Chrome is not writing what you were putting, so I was waiting for you to lead in, and then I'm like, let me see what Demasi put. He didn't put shit in there. <laughs> so while he's typing that up, people can get show notes. And more details about anything we mention at yourownpay.com slash DM84. We won't last 20 minutes, 30 minutes before we put in the URL for the show this time. So yourownpay.com forward slash DM84. And I'm going to turn the music off in my headphones because that is super distracting. Actually, it's not horribly distracting, but still. Uh, you kind of start to ignore it a little bit because it just becomes part of the background, right? Yep. yep. <laughs> That's what happens. That is what happens. And if you are listening to this and you like the show, you can help support, you know, the ongoing cost of hosting and all of that. Because, you know, podcast ain't free and neither is the web server and all of that. So, But if you want to help us out, you know, help support the network, uh, you can go to your own slash support and make a one-time contribution. It's not a recurring subscription and we do not have your card payment information because you are passing that directly to Stripe. So and, we appreciate it. And thank you to everyone. Cause Demasi mentioned Pinecast isn't free for using the referral link, which gets you 50% off your first, I think it's 50. It's either 50 or 30% off of your first three months. There is a referral code in the show notes and you can use that as well. And I think there's one other thing we need to mention, and that is check out bedrockinnovations.com. Again, a link to that website will be in the show notes that you can take a look at. And, and now what I will say is I think that's all of our bill paying. Uh, that is all of our bill paying for this week. We appreciate any support. Uh, yeah, go to bedrockinnovations.com, you know, book a free consultation. Uh, you better get them while they are free because <laughs> ain't going to be there forever. I'm telling you. That has got to go, man. I'm serious. So get in while you can. Uh, and mention that you've heard about it on the show if you do go to Bedrock Innovations. Uh, that is me, by the way. So you're not just going to some yeah. random company. <laughs> <laughs> like, Who the hell is that? Right. Maybe we should have said that. Yeah, that is my company. So book a free technology consultation if you are a small business owner or you are, you know, running a side hustle that is profitable for you. Definitely book a consultation. Uh, like I said, seriously, you know, honestly first you know thank you if you do go there let me know that you did hear about it on the show and secondly yeah you better get in and get those free consultations while i'm giving them out because buying headphones isn't cheap and if you keep giving everything away for free then you ain't gonna have any money uh to buy to those buy anything <laughs> <laughs> and you know honestly and the reason that we're doing this is you know because it does cost money to run the show we do it because we love the show but in all honesty too me and michael do sometimes make purchases not necessarily because we need a thing but because like it'll be cool if i had this thing and we can talk about it 
So uh, there you go. Speaking of which, Michael bought a new pair of headphones, really because he really needed the headphones, uh, but also because I have the same ones. I recommended them to him, the AKG 240S, I think yes. is what they are called. Yeah. Uh, and I just wanted to follow up with you, Mike, and see uh, how are you liking them? Because you're about a month in with them now. We did discuss them on DM82. Yes. AD, wow. He is. That's funny because I was just looking at the show notes earlier to see. Because I was thinking earlier today, have we talked about this on the show lately? What about this? And so I went back and looked at the show notes for the last three episodes. And you were right. 82 is where we talked about it. What's in your ear? And I like these headphones. They're very comfortable. I wear them all day long. Um, literally all day long. If I'm not wearing these, I'm probably wearing AirPods. And honestly, I like these headphones even better than the AirPods. Just because I can hear things around me and they're comfortable to wear. My ears don't get super sweaty like has been with other headphones mm -hmm. and the funny thing about it is at least i find it funny is i pulled it, the headphones out of the board two days ago no yesterday to plug them into the ipad that i have uh, as a commissioner for the state of oregon and i was thinking oh this isn't going to work and i'm going to admit this to you i went to pull the adapter off and it wouldn't come off and i'm glad it didn't pull too hard because i had to untwist it for those who didn't hear that show and when i untwisted it i was able to simply just plug the headphones into the ipad because hey apple imagine that your ipad i don't know what generation it is eighth i think i think we determined your ipad still has a headphone jack and i was using the onboard audio for the microphone didn't give me the highest quality of audio but the fact is i was already comfortable in these headphones and someone on the call mentioned because those look like professional headphones i'm like they are and they're comfortable and i like them so <laughs> yeah i'm sticking with them i don't think i'll be returning them even though the company i ordered I'm from offers a 60 day return window and appreciate the recommendation. Yep, and we will drop a link to those in the show notes, of course, uh, for you to check them out. But yeah, I, I, I have owned these since late 2017, possibly early 2018. I don't remember exactly when I bought them. Uh, and I came from a pair like similar to what you had that were like closed back headphones, they were uncomfortable in a lot of ways. Uh, I, I would have that. You know, like we discussed in 82, you know, that sense of relief when you took them off. But, yeah, I like these uh, a lot. And I have used mine with the, believe it or not, during some of the times where I did not have, uh, you know, any Bluetooth earbuds and my lightning, you know, earbuds had crapped out or whatever. I will plug these into the iPhone with the uh, with the adapter. It looked ridiculous with this like 10 foot cable, <laughs> however long this cable is. I'll have to bundle that up with a, with a uh, Velcro tie. Hey. Quick tip for everybody too. Velcro ties, amazing. Uh, get you some. Uh. <laughs> and apparently, Demasi told me this, and I went and I asked Mallory about it, and she said, yeah, that's a thing. They also make Velcro tape, so check that out too, if you haven't. Oh, yeah, Velcro tape. <laughs> that is what is holding my Mac Mini up to the back of this desk. <laughs> so it is pretty seriously strong. I mean, I so when you buy Velcro tape, because uh, it is extremely useful, uh, one look for the actual Velcro tape. Don't just buy the hook and hook and hook and ah. loop tape. Uh, yeah. and the reason I say buy the Velcro tape is because they tell you on the particular you know item that you're looking at in Amazon. Uh, the the description from Velcro from the company tells you 
how much strength this has like what what can it hold how much weight can it hold before it's going to be useless uh what i bought is the actual indoor slash outdoor outdoor slash indoor capable so this tape should also stick to brick uh actually does stick to brick i tried it uh it, it does stick to brick and it's ready to hold up. I don't remember the exact weight, but it's holding up. Like I had no problem because I've been using it for, and I got like this huge giant roll. So like I just, you have to cut it. Uh, right. But, uh, and I've, I've got a lot of it left, but I completely had no problem whatsoever Velcro in my Mac mini to the, uh, other side Back of my of desk. The desk. Under the yeah, desk. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and that, that leaves your whole desk open for anything then. All this uh, other crap that's yep. up here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Velcro tape is amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised Mallory knew about that. Yeah, yeah, me neither. That's probably what I'm getting for time. Christmas. <laughs> I told Tia once, I said, so it's very strange. Like me and Mike have a lot of things in common, but I said if we were to ever, like if either we were to ever go to Oregon or Mike was to come to, they were to come to Alabama or we just met up somewhere on a, on a vacation trip or something like that, I get the feeling that you and Mike would end up hanging out and me and Mallory would probably end up hanging out because we seem to have very similar temperaments. Like uh-huh. You and her yep. are the types to be like, you know, kid does something wrong and you're like, all right, that's it. Shut that. Well, that's me. He's like, man, shut that <laughs> shit down. It's over. We're done. No more of that. Yeah. Mike's like, well, we got to kind of consider and that's Tia. Like, well, we should consider whether or not like nope i'm done (laughs) i'm done i'm done yeah burn the bridge is all over (laughs) (sighs) oh uh but yeah these headphones are amazing uh if you're looking for professional quality headphones you should absolutely look at these and they're not terribly priced they're like 69 bucks everywhere i've seen them so uh sweetwater and z's outs um both seem to carry them at 69 bucks so i think they're the same on amazon too because you can pick them up there i i didn't check but i'm pretty sure so i think that's everything in follow-up question mark yep that is everything in follow-up there's no more follow-up yes yes no more follow-up we will follow up with other follow-up stuff later later in the next show (laughs) (laughs) so i had an extreme reaction to technology as people know we record in two different places we record in clean well right now i'm recording technically recording in three different places because i'm streaming into clubhouse which is recording as well and then uh i'm recording in reaper and we're recording in clean feed which wait hold on I'm, clubhouse does recording oh yes Demosti, you haven't learned about that so clubhouse will now offer as i'm talking about this i'm going over here so i can hit the save all button so i can save the clean feed recording but clubhouse will now allow you to do clips of shows so it'll record uh your entire thing and then if you hit make clip it'll take the last 30 seconds and you can post a video of that to like instagram or facebook or twitter and or save it to your phone and that's for any room that enables it, they can disable it too, which is kind of handy. Like, let's say you're in Clubhouse and someone says, you know, go do this to work on your credit or something. And you're like, that's a genius thing. You can hit clip and then save it to your phone. And then you'll know you'll be able to keep that. So it kind of makes it a little bit more useful. But uh-huh. Clubhouse also offers a feature now, if enabled, that you, when you're done with your room, you can go back and listen to the entire room and it'll play back in normal speed. So they're, they're selling it as a way to produce your own podcast on Clubhouse. Because with that feature came another 
add-on feature, and that is the ability to not only have low-quality, normal, or high-quality audio, but you also have music mode, which means you can send audio and stereo into Clubhouse. Hmm. Nice. See what happens when you uh, don't get on Clubhouse for two years? Oh, <laughs> not quite, but <laughs> hey, hey, you're almost at your one-year anniversary, I think, with Clubhouse. Almost. Anyways, anyways, so we record in Clubhouse, uh, Clean Feed, well, yeah, Clubhouse, Clean Feed, and Reaper. And I think it was 82, it might have been 81. Uh, one of our listeners, Marty, reached out to me and said, hey, Michael, did you know that like halfway through your episode, you just started coming out of the left speaker? Demasi kept coming out of both speakers, but you just came out of the left speaker? I'm like, nope, because I listened in mono and I didn't hear that learned my lesson on that. So for a little while, I was trying to figure out why is that? Because then I started actually paying attention when doing recordings. And I realized that I was always coming out of the left channel no matter what. And I thought, honestly, it had something to do with our change up. Because as you might know from last ep- last episode, we changed the audio setup so we're not using the master buttons. And so I played around with that for a little bit and didn't fix it. So today, Demasi asked me a couple days ago, he goes, so have you reset Reaper yet? And I said, nope. But today I did a test recording. I'm like, I gotta have recording working properly. So I reset Reaper. And then I went through and started changing some of my settings and fixing things. And I realized real quick what the problem was. On the an episode a while ago, I think it was an episode or it was while I was experimenting with some audio, I decided to put the track work input to channels one, two. But by default, Reaper only takes out of channel one. So because I was set to channel one, two, and my microphone only uses one XLR port, it was panning it hard left. And uh-huh. so when I think you had asked about that, but when I realized that, I said, man, took an extreme reaction to fix a technology issue that I didn't need. And now I get to go through and reset up Reaper preferences. Although, although I am getting a lot more comfortable with setting up Reaper preferences and making changes because, well, I've had to do it a few times. times. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I didn't, I, I do remember asking, did you have it set? What your inputs were set to, uh, and probably, I think you probably saved a template that way. Yeah. So what's happening for everybody just to recap is, or what was happening is Mike basically set a track to stereo, but because he's only sending audio from one, one of the two channels that it was pulling that audio from, it grabbed that audio on the left channel. Uh, and if he would have been in channel two on his board, it would have been sending audio to the right channel. Yep. Yep. So that was my taking an extreme action to technology and I now have Reaper set up and every time I reset it, I find other preferences that I'm like, Oh, it'd be interesting to change that. I should, I should make that change. I should, I should drop that down. And so it is fully possible that one time, like I made a setting change that I didn't remember. And yeah, now I realized exactly what the problem was. So you shouldn't have that issue anymore. Most of the time we'll be using the clean feed audio, but if I get clipping sound or clicking sounds, then I'll drop in my local recording, which it does not have that. So as I told Clubhouse when no one was listening, the uh, blame is going wholly on Spectrum because they 
I, I, I've come around to the conclusion that what Demacio was saying about Spectrum is correct. And we're probably just getting some packet loss because it literally only happens when I'm on a VOIP call. Yep. And that's the only thing that makes sense because if you're not getting anything local, then it's not the board, it's not mm-hmm. the mic, it's not the computer. So, you know, at that point, you've eliminated all of the all of the other possibilities. So it has to be an internet issue. And I thought it was sending lots of audio back and forth over the USB connection, but since we've changed it up, I've observed it as well a couple of times too. Because right now, our our audio is all analog until it gets to the computer. Um, so, yeah, that's... That's what I've learned. Yeah. I love it, man. I love the new setup. It it works so great. I don't have to do weird stuff. You're using aux for yours, right? Because I explained to people what I'm using. I don't remember if you explained what you're doing. Uh, Did I? I don't know. I mean, I can explain it, though, for sure. Yeah, if you want to do it real quick, that would be a good idea. So what I'm and I'll, I've 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 so <laughs> before I get into what I'm doing, uh, it, it'll become clear after I explain what I'm doing. But I was thinking today, like, mm, should really reach out to Tamir. Like, so do you guys do like a trade up program? Because you know, <laughs> I need some more oxes uh, in here. Uh, so what I'm doing with my board is. Uh, it is connected to the computer directly. Uh, it's not going through the hub. It's connected to the computer directly over USB. That is so that the the board itself shows up for for uh, routing from within macOS. But I am actually pulling my default audio, what I call default audio, which is system sounds and uh, voiceover, is being sent into the board uh, using a uh, I have a XLR cable that has a headphone jack on the other end that's plugged into the headphone port of my Mac Mini. Uh, so that's coming into one channel. That means I always know exactly, regardless of anything else that I do or any goofiness that Mac OS attempts to do or some other application tries to hijack audio, I can always get back to voiceover being where I expect it to be. Uh, for my audio in though with the microphone, I'm not sending that over USB. I have a, an XLR cable. In channel six of my board and on the other end of that XLR cable is a eighth inch um, mail jack. And then I have that going into a, a, a eighth inch to quarter inch adapter. And that is plugged into aux one of my board. So and that means for each channel, because uh, each channel on the board has oxes one, two and three knobs. So you can adjust the level of audio to get sent to those oxes, if any. Uh, I can just quickly send audio into whatever application I want to send it into uh, on the Mac just by turning the aux on. Uh, now, the one thing that I think I am doing different from what, well, probably the other thing, because I think you're using groups, right, Mike? Yep. Yeah. So the other thing that I'm doing different from Mike because of Mac OS being, a, well, I don't know if it's Mac OS or, or uh, the signature, uh, the Soundcraft signature board being weird, but at any rate, I can't independently pick which input, or at least I haven't figured it out. So if you're listening, you know, you can hit us up on Twitter. Tell me, like, hey, dummy, go do this thing, and then you can pick the <laughs> channel for input from your board. Uh, but right now, we take everything over master. So what I'm doing is I have a uh, loopback installed, and I just created a virtual device called uh, Signature 6N. And that is, I have that pulling audio from uh, channel six. 
because effectively what's happening is the audio that I send to the oxes is being routed into channel six on the board. So that's all analog audio going, you know, through the board from the ox one into channel six. And then I'm pulling audio with loop back from channel six and making that my microphone. And I just grab that, you know, select that as the input device for any application that I'm using. And it means I don't have to attempt to boost my audio anymore and everything works well. And I don't typically clip. Because, you know, my gain is now set at what I feel comfortable with versus where it used to be. I'm telling Demasi more often than not now, turn your audio down a little bit, which was not the problem. Yeah, you uh, turn it up. With this. Yeah, usually it's can't hear you. <laughs> turn it up, turn it up, turn it up. Yeah, er- everybody has, uh, you know, noticed the, the difference, even if they don't know why they notice the difference. Uh, so, yeah, I, it's been great. And I don't have weird, except for Zoom, because Zoom did that weird thing to us today when we were testing, where, like, I came in and you couldn't hear me, and then as soon as I turned on... Original sound. Uh, yeah, original sound, then you could hear me. But then when I left and came back, I didn't have to have original sound on. So Zoom is still a little goofy. Zoom uh, is the modern-day Skype. Mm, that's, that's sad. That is so, <laughs> so sad. Uh, but anyway, I'm switching everything back to Google Meet because, you know, yeah, well, it's yeah. part of what I pay for. Right. Might as well use it. Yeah. You know, I have a very bad habit of like because I listen to I think because I listen to podcasts sped up and overcast slightly, not not nearly as fast as you listen to them. I think I oftentimes <laughs> talk fast when I'm recording the podcast because that's how I'm used to hearing them. Yeah, but the beautiful thing about it is if you didn't know and we talk too fast and you're like, what did they just say? All you need to do is go into your podcast app and slow us down. Yep, because you can do that too. (laughs) So I have in here social networks and apps making accessibility improvements. And this came up because of a talking point that I had on Kelly and Company. And I'm going to slowly talk about this to give Demasi a chance to drop any talking points he has at the bottom. uh, Because I'm really intrigued by what social media apps are doing. So if you didn't hear, Discord has announced that now up to 10 memes or 10 images can be sent in a message with alt text in it. Granted, it does mean that the user has to add alt text to the image and it has to be done from the desktop because most users on Discord use desktop versus mobile because it's typically a gaming uh gaming communication ah. but it, it 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 really has me intrigued because discord's offering the alt text feature it won't do it automatically but that's going to make images potentially more accessible to blind users and that's kind of exciting and with that clubhouse going back to that conversation is also doing and i observed this the other day it's not the best, but it is automated live transcription. So individuals who have hearing impairments can engage with Clubhouse more than they've been able to in the past. And Twitter Spaces offered this as well. And I I think the Twitter Spaces transcription might be a little bit better, but it's interesting how accessibility improvements are becoming more of a mainstream feature i guess instead of a accommodation Mm, that that is uh that is good uh i do like the discord uh one possible thing that we could do or that i'm thinking about is um 
like so yeah discord is a lot a lot of times and i I hope they do bring this feature to mobile uh mm-hmm. because twitter managed to do it uh because a lot of times like so i am well i'm not actually in any of these discords but you know through patronage or uh memberships to uh different things like they they do offer a discord you know uh, server that you can join mm-hmm. and a lot of people are doing this a lot of creators are doing this with their patrons or their, their memberful setups if you're supporting them you know monthly things like that uh and we know how the community are like people are like they're gonna share images of stuff and all of that so the fact that you can add alt text means that you know in a smaller community you could you know, encourage people to be like, hey, if you put an image in, would you mind just, you know, taking a few minutes to kind of, you know, give a brief description of what it is so I can stay in the conversation, too. So I, that that is, you know, what what comes to mind for me is uh, in these wider communities that are not, you know, servers run by blind people who don't put images in there anyway because they know nobody else will be able to see them. Uh, we, we can still get that participation in or, or be a part of that conversation when somebody shares a screenshot. That would be amazing if Slack would do that. Yeah, Slack. I mean, Salesforce, if you're listening. Uh, anyone from Salesforce? Yeah, because like I can't tell you the number of times, man. can't tell you the number of times, you know, with Slack sitting on me, like somebody posts a screenshot of something mm-hmm. or, you know, an image of, of, of something that they did and it's like, I have no idea what the hell just happened. And, you know, Interesting that that you bring up Slack because I was thinking about a previous employer that I had that used Teams for a lot of things. And often they would send my metrics to me as a screenshot. And I'd have to ask them, could you type out what that is? Because the screenshot didn't really do me any good. And him and I would would most likely just jump on a call mainly because I don't think he liked typing, and then he would read it to me, which is perfectly <laughs> fine. But I think if that feature is available in Teams, it's not either explained well or readily available, and I think it, and or it's not available. But not only what Demacio was saying about the smaller communities sharing images and then you asking them to make it more accessible, but I think that could also help with making individuals sharing images that were out in that discord outside of that discord more conscientious of the fact that there is an audience that might not be able to see those images so they may go look and see oh does twitter offer th- oh twitter does offer me to add a description for individuals mm-hmm. who might be blind so yeah it's 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 going somewhere and i'm glad to see that discord didn't just say what i think they could have easily said and that is let's build an ai to describe the image and not worry about offering an alt text to it because other networks slash tools have done such things. That is a good point. Uh, that is a very good point. Uh, partially, like, I like the idea of them putting, like, I, again, I feel like people should take responsibility for things. You can't just make a computer do everything for you. Like, and AI kind of, you know, is a little <laughs> terrible at describing an image sometimes. Like, it, it doesn't convey the actual meaning of what the image was meant to be for. It's like, oh, there's a building with a sign. Right. But what the person was actually sharing was, you know, their new building that they just, you know, their new office building that they just moved into or something. The sign actually has their company name on. You're like, oh, congratulations. Right. Everybody's like, congratulations. You're like, it's just a sign with a building. I mean, a building with a sign on it. What the hell is this all about? I don't right. know what I'm saying. Uh, so I do. I, I agree with you that that is also a good move because it when you when people are, 
you know, have to actually take the extra steps to do some things like, you know, they get comfortable with it and they become more aware of, like you said, outside of that particular platform, uh, which could lead to more, you know, accessible images on the web. And people stop using Amazon or Google AI to describe their uh, the images on their blog posts. Like, you know, don't do that, please, because yeah. they come out pretty terrible. And if you knew what they said, you probably wouldn't use it. Right. Uh, why is that? I wonder why they don't. Like, do people just not check? I'll have to go actually play with it because uh, I don't know. But do people not check their images to see what the alt text described? I don't or, know if people can see what the alt yeah, text or, describes. Yeah, that's the other thing. Or can they just not see it anyway? So, like, they don't they have no idea. They just turn on a feature because they expect it's going to work. Uh, yeah. And sometimes it doesn't. And it can come back to pure laziness, too. Because... Could be that. That's why I'm saying I'm, I'm going to go play with it at some point. Uh, just to, cause I haven't played with the, the systems there. There's, you know, Google, Google has this capability. There are some plugins in WordPress that actually will incorporate, uh, Amazon's, oh. uh, automatic description. Hmm. Uh, so I, I will play with that and find out for sure if there is a, uh, you know, is it possible to for someone to see what the image text would say? Like, is it written somewhere that they could see it or, or something like that? Or, you know, is it not? And it's just like, oh, it's on the fly. They fix yeah. something. So before we go on to the next topic, because that's all I had to say about that, I do want to tell you that Dash Space will, well, we can move my Google Docs topic up if you want, but Dash Space will create a bulleted list. If you down arrow, you'll see a bullet, the, a single bullet there. I didn't know that it would work, but when I pressed Dash Space and then typed in the text in Google Doc, it said uh, new list item, and that was super awesome. So I think maybe I will start I'll using those. What was that? We've discussed this before. Have we? Yes. But we because were talking I was like, about it before the show, and you're like, hi, uh, hyphens. Oh, oh, no, because I was using three dashes. Yeah, you had three. Because I was uh, like, wait, I was, I was about to say, Michael, you know dashes. And I was like, no, actually, that does work. Why didn't this dash work? And I was like, oh, because you got three of them right there. That's why. Yeah, never mind. Disregard that whole previous <laughs> section. <laughs> well, it's a good tip for people who don't know, though. So, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, if you hit the dash, so if you're used to writing in Markdown, that is one Markdown feature that does come natively in Google Docs is, you know, hitting dash will make a bullet list. I also think star works, but I haven't tried it in a while because I tend to do dashes for list items more so than stars anyway. And Markdown for links does not work. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, that's that's why we don't get comfortable with using Markdown in Google Docs is because some things work. Other uh, things, not so much. <laughs> yeah. I typically just use the list items because uh, I know those work. Yeah. Uh, but at least the default shortcut, which on the Mac is Command K to create a link, uh, yep. works. And that's Control happily, K on Windows. Uh, which happen, happily works in a lot of places, including Cindy. Right. Uh, the other thing about Google Docs that I wanted to mention, and I'm moving this around in our talking points, so that way we can uh, 
keep things in order is the fact that if you are in Google Docs, I may have mentioned this last week too, honestly, last time too, I don't remember. But if you're in Google Docs and you hear something like misspelt word, if you press control shift backslash, and I believe command shift backslash on Mac OS will do it as well, you'll get a pop-up menu that is the equivalency of clicking right-clicking a the word or the thing in the document. Um, and then there's also keystrokes. If you want to make a heading, for example, just press control alt and the number one through five I've tried. I haven't tried anything above it, but where I'm getting with this is explore the Google docs keystrokes, because once you enable braille mode and screen reader mode, then or braille mode and accessibility mode, then the experience of Google docs is, is not as bad as some might think. I understand the preference for Microsoft Word in a lot of instances, but if you uh, end up doing some work with a team that's using Google Docs, or I'm using Google Sheets regularly too, uh, the pleasant the, the experience is a lot more pleasant than it has been in the past, and I think they will hopefully, fingers crossed, just keep improving it for screen reader users. Yeah, that that has been my experience with the accessibility. You did say Control Shift Backslash, right? Right. Okay. Yep. So Command Shift Backslash does work uh, for that. I just type misspell something purposely at the bottom and then did it. I didn't wasn't really like I was listening, but I didn't listen because I always hear slash instead of backslash because nobody uses that. Yeah. Uh, so I type Command Shift Slash, which brings up a help menu. Uh, oh, oh, nice. And and F seven will spell check. Uh, really? Yep. Well, now I gotta press that and see if it works. Oh. Works on the Mac, too. (laughs) (laughs) Provided. Tip for you guys on the Mac. I don't know how much of an issue this is on Windows, but most people don't change the default keyboard settings on Mac OS. Mm -hmm. So, their F keys tend to operate functions such as play, pause, you know, mute, all of that. So, if you have not, and you'll know if you've done this, because if you haven't done it, then you, if you don't know that you've done it, then you haven't done it. And the default for Mac OS is for the F keys to work as, uh, I'm going to call them media keys because you can adjust volume, you know, play, pause, content, et cetera, et cetera, mute, all that stuff. Brightness is also there. There's a couple other things. If you have not changed that, that means you have to hold down the FN key to get your uh, regular F key behavior, whatever that would be. Uh, so in this case, if you're in Google Docs and you didn't change the default, I encourage everybody to go change the defaults. But, you know, do you? Mm-hmm. I, I always change it because uh, if I don't, I will inst- I will very quickly find out. For me, because I do use the F keys for a lot of shortcuts. Like I make custom shortcuts for stuff like to bring up uh uh, all of my text expander shortcuts are some way connected to F11. So like shift F11, I think command shift F11 will uh, take my current selection and create a new snippet, like things like that. That's all tied to F11. So like if I don't change mine, I quickly know <laughs> that something is wrong. Uh, it's sort of like using a Mac and not having launch bar installed. Like it feels broken instantly. You're like, wait, yeah. what, what, what is going on? Uh, but yeah, my experience with, with Google Docs, uh, Gmail too, because I've, I've been using Gmail a little bit more on the web here and there. Uh, mm, yeah, me too. Uh, one, I like scheduling messages because sometimes I will be 
working on something at this time of night and I will finish. I need to send an email to somebody, but I don't want to send them an email at 10 o'clock at night or 11 o'clock at night or whatever the case may be. It may be three o'clock in the morning. Who knows? But I don't want to send it in for two reasons. One, uh, like I don't want people to expect that they can reply to their email and get an answer because, <laughs> you know, you're probably not. Uh, and secondly, like it looks better to me just overall to, you know, you get an email first thing in the morning, like I'm in your inbox at 530. I can schedule an email from, from Gmail interface and know that it's going to be sent. Yes, I do know that there are ways to schedule emails or there used to be hmm. ways to schedule emails and Mac mail. Uh, but you know what? Your computer has to actually be awake at least in order for that email to be sent. Uh, I got burned a couple of times by that. And I think it was a mail add on that did that. I don't think it's a native feature, but, yep. uh, Gmail has gotten a lot better using it. Uh, it's a Gmail servers are always awake. Yes, yes, they are. <laughs> they are always up. So if you schedule it in Gmail on the web, it also works with the mobile application. So the Gmail yeah. app on Android and, and iOS, uh, you can also schedule messages there. Uh, and I just find it handy to, you know, schedule messages to go out the next day or later in the day. Uh, sometimes I'll do it like I'm going to do a thing, but I'll tell somebody like, hey, this is already done. But I scheduled a message for like three hours from now so I can go have lunch or something and then come back and do it. And then by the time I'm done, they get an email and I don't forget to do it either. I'm using Gmail for the mainly for the sending features. I send an email once a week to a group of the same individuals. Um, I could create a text expander snippet with all their email addresses. I know, but I don't because text expander is not as reliable on windows as it is on the Mac. And more often than not, it crashes windows, but that's at least in my experience, but that's besides the point. So not beside the point. That is a serious problem. Hey, you people over there smile. Get on that. I heard a rumor to sidetrack very quickly. I, I haven't looked into it. Uh, and I say rumor because I, I haven't verified it myself, but I heard somebody say that Smile sold PDF pandas to another company. Oh, oh, that is a interesting sidetracked rumor. <laughs> but anyways, so what you can do is I type in the first three letters of one of the people and it gives their name. So I hit enter. I type in the first three letters of the next person in the list. And it, do, it really doesn't matter who, who I'm sending it to. As long as I have two people in that list, if I press tab, it, Gmail realizes that you often email the two co the two hosts and the production manager and, 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 and so I just keep pressing enter on those names and it will add them to the CC field for the email when I need to send that out. So it makes it super easy. And then I don't forget anyone. Some people who I sent it to for a little while who might not necessarily want the email anymore are still getting the email, but at least I'm not forgetting anyone. <laughs> And I can't confirm the rumor, so it's not a rumor anymore because I just verified it that they did sell PDF pen to somebody else. Yeah. Huh. That's okay. I never use that app, so. Me either. Uh it it, it was just interesting. Uh it was an interesting little tidbit because it's like, oh, so maybe they're they are putting all of their effort into building Text Expander into an I enterprise so. level product. I hope so. It's focus on the accessibility, please. Like can we can we can we get that? cracking though like that that you know it always but don't you know don't you know v7 point whatever focused on accessibility mm -hmm. so <laughs> we we, we kind of need you to keep that up though like keep yes keep you did fix it so that i could actually use it again because 
There was a while where you could not use it. (laughs) Oh, man. And you know what? The the side of the unintended or unexpected in my case, I'm pretty sure for them it's probably unintended because if I stop using it, that means I'm not a paying customer. You know, I'm responsible for quite a few people using Texas, man. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn or nothing. So you owe me any money for that or anything like that, smile, because that's not the point. But I have gotten a lot of people to use Texas Panda because I told them about it. Uh, mm-hmm. But one of the unexpected side effects of Texas Panda being broken for a little while for me and me trying to switch off of it and now going back to it is that there are several things that I really should. And in the past, I would have already made a snippet for that I just have not done. Because I'm, I think I'm a little leery of, of investing too much into it and then it breaking again at some point. Mm, yeah. Like my email signature, for example, uh, that I use now, I type that out by hand every single time, including linking up the company name to go to the website and linking up the email address. So even if you're on a platform that doesn't auto link email addresses or phone numbers, you can still click it and, and, and have it take the appropriate ad. Like I auto, I do that every single time by hand. <laughs> Here's the reason some people get emails from me and they, they never have seen my signature because it's like, I oh, don't type it out when I send an email to Mike, when I do occasionally email Mike. Me and Mike talk more in messages and Google chat <laughs> to over email. <laughs> if I get an email from Michael or he gets one from me, it's usually either forwarded something like, hey, you should look at this or uh, what well, that's typically or that, sending a link to something like I think uh, I sent you I forwarded. I sent you an email with a link to an article to a wiki article support article on VoIP.ms the other day. And it uh-huh. was mostly because at the time that was the only way I could figure out. I'll be able to find this link again because I just emailed it to Mike. <laughs> because drafts had, the, the beta of drafts had expired and I didn't realize it on the Mac. So like I couldn't open it, but I didn't realize that that's what the problem was. I was like, man, drafts is being super weird. Uh, <laughs> screw it. I'll just email it to Mike because yep. he probably will need this article too, but also I'll be able to find it. However, we typically don't reply to each other in email. No. We reply to each other in chat. <laughs> Uh, what you know, the side chat because I, I I will go add this to the doc. Uh, but what you know, what are your thoughts on Google Chat at this point? And then because you have experience, a little experience, I guess, talking to me mostly. Uh, but you also have experience using Slack, uh, pretty heavily, uh, as well as Microsoft Teams. What are kind of your opinions on one Google Chat as as a service in general right now, just from what you've seen of it? Uh, with us messing around with it and then where would you kind of rank the three uh and and usability and, and functionality etc so to answer the first question i i'm growing to like chat it is a little too wordy for me for example on ios it says it doesn't just say edit text i i forget exactly what it says when you tap at the bottom to type a reply um but you know little things like that everything seems to be labeled properly and the messages get through very quickly and because i've been playing with the pixel more i i like the fact that i can start a conversation on one device, set it down and go pick it up and continue that conversation. And I believe even regular Gmail users who aren't workspace users like Demasi and I are can initiate chat sessions and chat with us. And I think that's a good way to collaborate. If I had to rank it, I would probably say number two, uh, mainly because 
I think they could improve the web access. That's why I don't give it number one. Uh, if I had to give it, and, and this ultimately could come down to my usage because I don't use Teams as much as I should. My experiences with Teams are that it's, it works well, but there's a lot of stuff that could be hidden under menus or not, not spoken as a user is trying to navigate the interface because then it makes the interface more difficult to use. And Slack with Doug Lee's scripts at dlee.org, well, to link to it at your own pay.com slash dm84, uh, Slack is very intuitive. Um, if I could, I, I think if they could improve the web experience, then it would, uh, if they could improve the web experience with Google chat, then it would improve the experience for me all around as well. Hmm. So I, I was a little surprised that chat went to, cause I actually expected you to put it down at three partially cause you haven't really used it as much. I, I uh, and I know that you use teams quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so I have one automatic ding against Google, uh, and maybe it shouldn't really be a ding when I think about it, but, you tell me what you think. So I was looking around because, and yes, you are right uh, to back up for a second. Yes, anybody with a Gmail account, with a Google account, you don't have to have a Gmail uh, address. You just have to have a Google account to use chat. That is sort of a ding for me also, but I think when I consider all the other platforms require you to have an account too. Mm -hmm. uh, like you have to create a Slack account. Uh, and then join a, uh, a Slack team. Huh? And then you have to join a Slack team. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they have that, kind of fixed that a little bit because now you can do inter-team communication. So you can, I don't know if you knew this, but chat with other people on other teams. Yeah, but you got to go set that up. Yeah. Weird the way you yeah, do it. it is uh, weird. And Teams does require you to also have a Microsoft account, if I'm not mistaken. So I, I guess that really shouldn't be a ding. I guess the reason I think about that is because I know – I don't know a lot of people. Most of the people I know have a Gmail account. Even if they're not workspace users, they have a at gmail.com address because mm -hmm. everybody had those at some point or they wanted them anyway. Uh, man, I saw somebody with a Yahoo address the other day. I was like, <laughs> Me too. serious? What the hell is going on? Uh, <laughs> they're still in business? Your email still works? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but you kind of know some of the, uh, a lot of the, I guess, and, and maybe to really think about it, I think I've only talked to a couple of people who don't really like Google. Like they're, they're sincerely opposed to using a Google product if they don't have to. Although I bet they still probably watch YouTube. I never think to ask people that. When, when, when they say they're opposed to Google products, you never, yeah. Or they don't like Google or they try not to use Google except when they have to. Like mm -hmm. I always forget to ask if they like, did you watch YouTube or, uh, do you, somebody told me they use Bing. For their search because they didn't like Google. I was like, mm, you should try to do go or something. Yeah, uh, yeah you should. <laughs> but it never occurs to me like, I bet you watch YouTube though. Right. You know, Google owns that. You're contributing more to their advertising money and their revenue <laughs> and their, you know, stuff by watching these YouTube videos and you are by sending an email through Gmail. Uh, but I do like chat. Like I, I, and I was doing some poking around last night. It looks like they have some, uh, now, I haven't used Teams at all except for once, uh, well, twice. Uh, once Mike helped me test to make sure that I could actually get into a Teams uh, call using the browser because I didn't want to download the app just for this one-off thing. And then I used Teams in the browser for that one-off event for a, uh interview for something. Uh, I don't remember what it was, though. Uh, 
but for a paid study for something. Mm-hmm. And that's the only time I've used Teams at all. Uh, partially because when I was super interested in checking Teams out, like when I really had higher interest in really checking it out, you had to have, I think, a Microsoft business account ah. or, or to get in. So back very, very early days, like I know that's not the case anymore, but very early days, uh, you had to have a, a business level account. So that means 10 bucks, you know, at me at the time would have been 10 bucks, at least just for me. And like, I don't use Microsoft products though. So I don't mm-hmm. really want to pay for that just to go screw around with teams. Uh, Slack has gotten, so it's still a little crappy on iOS. I haven't looked, I should try it on Android. I haven't tried it on, on the pixel. I will do that. Uh, but on the Mac, it is a, it has gotten way better than it used to be. Uh, some of that, I think, is contributed to the fact that the M1 seems to handle uh, Chrome and, and, and um, uh, uh, what are the apps called? Electron apps a little better anyway. Uh, but getting around in Slack on, on the Mac is, is great. Like, I like it. Uh, I agree with you that chat does need to kind of clean up their interface a bit on the web to make that a little bit more of a natural navigational uh, situation. That would be some good feedback for them. Uh, but I do like it on mobile. Uh, it works quite well. And I've been, I'm, I'm considering right now, like, do I want to go with team, not team, excuse me. Do I want to go with Slack or Google chat uh, for s- sort of a internal slash customer communication tool? So like once you are a customer, Look, here's a way that you can very quickly get a hope to me without having to sit down and compose an email and be all professional. And you won't annoy me nearly as much by sending me two lines of text in an email that could have been a text message that, you know, you really shouldn't text me stuff because I can't do anything with it. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or just to throw another thing in that mix, Discord. See, I don't really want to run a whole Discord server, though. Yeah, I get it. Not not just for that, like, and also, if I were offering some type of subscription membership product, where you know I I would consider, and I think it's a, I actually you know especially on the desktop. Uh, Desiree asked me the other day whether I tend to use Discord more on the phone or on the desktop. I'm like, I tend to use it on the desktop because yeah. navigation is quicker. Navigation is quicker and higher audio so uh, all the audio quality. Hmm. Uh, that's that's true too, but you know, I, I didn't feel she really cared about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sorry, Desiree. Uh, <laughs> but shots fired anyway. She 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 does she doesn't listen to the show, so she'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> there are your shots. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna call you Wednesday, Tuesday, she is. Wednesday she is. morning. <laughs> I do too listen to the show. <laughs> Uh, or no, she's gonna drop it in the group chat that nobody's posted the message in in a while. Like, uh, <laughs> so I heard that. Right? <laughs> I heard you guys talking about me. Uh, but I do like uh, Discord. But yeah, I, I don't think that necessarily fits. Uh, but I'm, yeah. I'm trying to decide. And I was one of the things that has really kind of pushed me more towards chat more so than than Slack. Even though is that. You know, chat now has at least webhooks. So that means I can have certain things pour into, you know, a, a channel. I know they don't call them channels, but whatever, a space or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, space. Uh, in there to, 
you know, say get updates on things like let's say a site goes down. Like that'll be a nice way to get that message because I don't want to email uh, and everything doesn't wire up to this or that or the other. And I feel like for a lot of uh, my customers that there's usually some type of just open communication channel that needs to be there. And again, email annoys me. Like, and I don't mean people, people don't annoy me. Well, they do (laughs) different deal. Email annoys me because one, I get so much crap because you can't sign up for, you can't sometimes buy a product without getting an email. Like somebody just automatically adding you to a list. You don't know you're on the list until you get the first marketing email. Then there's an unsubscribe link. And it's like, yeah, so one that's kind of illegal too. It's super annoying. And it makes me not like your product. Yep. Uh, the other thing is oftentimes what people send over, e- like for me, I think it's a little bit of a mental thing uh, because when I write an email, 97% of the time, my mind frame with email is probably because I'm old uh, and, and I'm also crotchety uh, and crabby and all of those things. Uh, email to me is very much like composed, like, like you would sit down and type out a letter to somebody, right? Like that's, that's, that's what email is to me. Email is not a quick hit. Like, Hey, can we meet at two o'clock? And then, you know, you reply back, Oh, actually three is better for me. And then I'm like, well, three doesn't work for me. Well, about two 30, right? That to me is much better handled me and you, you know, over a text message, but I don't, I don't like texting people. Uh, a lot and for business stuff I feel like slack or chat would be infinitely better for that for a couple of reasons one because that that history will be maintained which Google is going to be better for me there because you know I got infinite history whereas I'm not going to pay for slack uh, no. I'm sorry Salesforce your pricing is a little out of whack for me <laughs> uh, you gave me a flat rate to cover you know X number of people maybe we could talk but no you won't charge me seven bucks a person at least that's what it used to be uh, so there's that aspect of it, but also for me, like, let's say customer sends me a notification, like, uh, I need to hold on. So I'll give you this scenario that I feel like Slack or, or chat solves, or even teams could solve this problem for me, but somebody has my phone number and they need me to do a thing. And they're like, Hey, uh, I need you to go do this. And here's the information. Right. And they send it to me in text message. Do you know how fucking difficult it is to get some of that information out of a text message into somewhere I can use it? Yep. It's like, oh, I would like to add this to to Todoist. Speaking of Todoist. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Take a drink, people. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, like I want to add it to to some sort of reminder system or I need to get it somewhere. Like the best thing I can do is copy and paste. And sometimes copying and pasting isn't isn't quite enough. Right. That's that's. It sounds like I'm bitching. I probably am. <laughs> no, but I, I understand what you're saying. Like, but you, and it really comes down to your work style. If you're at the computer and someone sent you a chat message, then you want to be able to take action on it. And you, you. they may it's not be, on. they may not be messaging you on your business phone, which is not an iPhone. It's tied to the Android device, mm, which too. just to throw this out there. I'll, I'll say it because someone is thinking it. You know, Demasi, you could always go to web.google.com or messages.google.com slash web to get text right. messages. But the point is, if you want to communicate so, with him, communicate in a different means. So two problems there. Number one, people start texting me over the next week. Uh, after the next week, uh, those are all going to go into Groundwire. So there will be no messages.com. Uh, ah, ah, yeah. 
Uh, but even with people who send me things over iMessage, right? If I'm at the computer, you're right. Like most of my work nowadays, me and you talked about this a couple of days ago. Like I find myself doing less and less actual work, work stuff on a phone and I'm at the computer. Messages is so freaking screwed up on the Mac. <laughs> like, good grief. I, <sighs> yeah. You know, VO command space to bring up the little actions menu, which, man, don't get me started on these actions. Damn it, Apple. Uh, sorry, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, but, you know, let's say I want to copy the text that Mike just put in his message, right? VO command space to bring up the actions thing, right? Just have the right keyboard. I have to actually do it. Yeah, that's it. So sometimes I'm going to say about more often than not the focus i'm on a message like this actual message like content of a message Mm -hmm. i press that and i hit copy and i get the contents of like three messages above that Mm. yeah Yeah. super annoying uh but yeah slack or google chat kind of allows me to wire up some automation google looks like they're uh they do have web hooks i gotta look more into that slack of course can be connected to almost anything so Mm -hmm. you know i could very easily have actionable stuff go where it needs to go using slack which is one of the reasons that has me leaning towards slack but you know chat is kind of built into what i'm already paying for and it's not another yet another thing to deal with like it's kind of already there you know sort of right there in the inbox it's right there in your inbox man which is yeah kind of crazy just a little bit so you mentioned a tool called Groundwire, and that is involved with something that you are working on another project. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your VIP.ms setup experience? Because you've done more than I have. I literally have went in there, connected my number to my computer, and now I can make and receive calls. Uh, thanks to Demasi for guiding me because he went through setting it up already which is weird because mike <laughs> is using the person i'm asking about so how do we do this with this voip shit man i don't yep. understand i'm confused yep. <laughs> what the hell is a did <laughs> <laughs> direct inward dial <laughs> so uh voip.ms uh, we'll put a link in the show notes for that for sure uh, but voip.ms is a uh, a, a voice over internet protocol provider but basically what you could do with them is uh one you can purchase uh or i'm gonna say lease i'm, I'm gonna yeah, call lease. it lease rent a number uh because you don't just own it uh it's not like a well shit what do you actually own nowadays right uh, i guess your phone like i, I did pay for my phone some so. people don't though yeah, I mean, some people even leasing their phones. I mean, geez, yep. their whole life is going to be a subscription. Welcome to America, the 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 country of subscriptions. <laughs> I was going to say something really. Wrong. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> come on, we got one more topic and then picks. So. <laughs> uh, so VoIP.ms, uh, you know, much like a lot of people that aren't really familiar with what VoIP does, uh, VoIP.ms does, we'll have heard of places like Twilio or uh, Bandwidth. Uh, there's another one that I'm not thinking of right now that was pretty big. But essentially, you can you can rent a number from them, pay a monthly fee for pretty low cost with VoIP.ms. Uh, and they also give you the ability to route your calls with a phone number. So what I have set up, you know, much like what Michael just said, you know, I have just taken mine a couple of steps further. Uh, 
you know, I'm able to uh, using SIP, I'm able to get call, get and make calls. So uh, on my computer and on both of my phones, uh, on the phones, I'm using GroundWire uh, on Android and, and uh, iOS. And I'm using an app called Telephone on the Mac, uh, which is pretty nice. My experience with VoIP. So anybody so for people who are familiar or who just watched the news uh, a couple of months ago there was a huge like ddos against voip.ms they weren't the only people dealing with this like i i was kind of digged into it at the time and looks like there was a attempt to do a ransom ddos yeah attack uh so voip.ms was caught up in this and it knocked them offline for like a few days like almost a whole week their their service was was very very spotty if if it was up at all uh like i said they were not the only voip provider that dealt with this bandwidth which is a backbone provider for a lot of big companies including google voice uh goes over bandwidths uh infrastructure uh they went down for a little while so and ironically enough this was all going down about the time Demasi was ready to sign up for VoIP. Uh-huh. Yeah, because I had been playing around with Twilio, and then Michael mentioned to me about VoIP.ms again. He brought it back up because Mike oftentimes has to beat me over the head with shit before I go try it. Uh, so he was like, you know, VoIP.ms is actually kind of cheaper because I was complaining about like, man, geez, they want this much money for this, so I got to go set up a freaking asterisk server or open uh free what is it? Uh, open PBX. Free PBX. Free BPX. Like I don't, I don't, I don't got time to do that, Mike. We're gonna have to figure this out because you know what Twilio wants to charge me to use their their built in you know routing stuff to get what I actually need out of it. It's gonna be ridiculous. And he's like, well, VoIP.ms is pretty cheap. <laughs> uh, so yes, I am trying to sign up for this service and I cannot because their site is offline or if their site is up, parts of it are not working. I hear some of you say, well, why are you telling us about this service like they're good? Are you talking about them now because they're great? Yeah, they're fine. They're perfectly fine uh, for two reasons. Number one, they did a very smart thing. And granted, even though I have my issues with this particular company, when it comes to Internet infrastructure and security slash protection against uh, uh, denial of service attacks, Cloudflare is still one of the best companies in the world for that. They understand if their engineers, their people understand Internet infrastructure uh, and routing uh, better than a lot of people, a lot of companies in the world. And VoIP.ms put themselves behind Cloudflare. Like I could see this kind of happening as they were starting to recover that they were going to Cloudflare. Now I do have my issues with Cloudflare with some of the decisions that they made. Uh, HCAPTCHA, they're responsible for the rise of that. Thank you very much, Mr. Prince. I really do appreciate that. That is awesome. Hmm. Fucking HCAPTCHA. <laughs> uh, and then there's a whole thing um, with, with that that uh, that that re- attempted or or planned replacement for a company's VPN service for remote connecting back into your company that is just asinine. But we won't go there today. Voip.ms, awesome service. Cost me about eighty five cent a month for my phone number. Uh, calls are billed for me at I think I'm going to just call it a penny because I think it's like 0.00 something cents a minute I just call it a penny uh, and they don't round up to the nearest minute they round up to the nearest six seconds yeah which is uh, interesting yes. they're very good and it was actually very simple to get what I have set up right now set up uh, and again if somebody calls my business number uh which I need to go put on the website. Uh, by the way, <laughs> uh, 
you know, it will ring. Well, if I have telephone open on the Mac, it'll ring telephone. But regardless of whether telephone is open on the Mac or not, it's going to ring my Pixel. It's going to ring my iPhone. So whichever phone I happen to have handy, uh, I can answer that call. I can make calls. It's, it's a very interesting service. And, uh, you know, as Mike mentioned, the part of the project that I'm working on is, number one, I wanted to have a reliable business service that wasn't tied to a specific phone. Like right now, my, my I have mobile service for my, my business line that is tied to the Pixel. So if I don't take mm-hmm. the Pixel with me or if I forget to charge the Pixel or anything like that, well, you know, people call me and I don't get the call. Uh, which, you know, if I hadn't have been being more diligent about that, I would have missed some business this week. So, no, there's that. I think you missed an important word because there are other ways to do this, but reliable and affordable. Because yes, 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 that that is the other word: reliable and affordable. Ah, uh, yes, very important, very important distinction. So, reliability-wise, I hear people yelling about Google Voice. I first of all, I'm a workspace customer. If you're a new workspace customer, or if you don't <laughs> have Google Voice already through your workspace account, you ain't getting it for free no more. It's over. And now I do have a Google voice number, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know what Google's ultimate plans are going to be. They've made enough changes over the time in the way that it behaves and what works and what doesn't work that I'm not comfortable putting my ability for people to reach me as a business owner solely on the back of Google voice. And I don't want to give them 10 bucks a month for the paid service through workspace just because I don't feel like what they offer is worth it to me. I don't make that many business. I spend more time at zoom or Google meet than I do on the phone. Uh, Right. 88 cents is a lot easier to digest than $10. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot more reasonable. Uh, and you know, a lot more flexible in a lot of ways too. The other thing is, you know, there are other services. Ring Central is one that comes to mind. There are other services. They're all a flat rate for something that, again, I don't necessarily need. The mm-hmm. other thing that I can do here is, um, you know, I can actually have several numbers and it's not costing me but a couple of bucks a month just to hold those numbers. So I can have a local number, which I do for Tuscaloosa, and I will eventually get a 800 number just to make sure I'm compliant with any state laws that insist upon a company that does business on the Internet having an 800 number. Hey, Callie, how you doing? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so. But VoIP.ms, like, it's not extremely difficult. Their documentation is excellent. Like, yeah. Mike mentioned that I helped him, and I said it was funny because usually I'm asking Mike about VoIP stuff because he's, you know, poked at it and played around with it. And even I think at some point in his past past life, uh, ran a a asterisk server. Mm-hmm. Sure uh, did. In a sort of professional, professional capacity. So... The fact that I was able to help guide Mike through what he needed to do get, get his stuff set up is really more an attribution to the documentation from Vogue.ms right. than it is me knowing anything about anything. Uh, but my further plans with this are to also, you know, and I chatted with a guy from Vogue.ms a couple of days ago, you know, and he was asking about my plans and I told him, like, I'm going to, I'm going to internally test this and, and, you know, test the limits of some things and see what works and, you know, what I can do with it. And eventually my plan is to offer this as a service, uh, either as a ongoing, 
you know, recurring service that you're paying me for, or I go set it up for you and then hand it off to you, make sure you know how to use it and start offering this as a possible, as a solution for small businesses, you know, solo owners, or you got a small team and you don't want to pay the ridiculous amounts of money to a Zoom or a, uh, you know, ring Ring central central or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, you don't necessarily have the technical expertise to go set something like this up. Uh, you know, that, that, that'll be an offering. Faxes so, is a thing I got to poke at. Yeah. Ultimately, when we when you sit down and you do it and you know what you're doing, I think when I actually sat down and got mine set up, it took me, what, 10 minutes? Yeah. Something like that. It's it's not difficult at all. It really isn't. Like, it, it, it really it. it and again, like their documentation is because I went in with some assumptions when hmm. I first tried to set it up a couple of months ago and like it didn't work. But it's because I didn't know a couple of very important things that I needed to do. And reading the documentation like oh, I, I basically wired up my three, you know, three phones with voicemail and text messages working in an afternoon and I was done. And they work. And they work. And they work. So while Demasi was setting up his VOIP.ms account, I was over here resetting my phone because, you know, that's what I like to do for fun. Uh, (laughs) Honestly, it's because I was getting some weird issues and I think I'm going to blame it on beta, but I don't know what it was. So I went ahead and just erased everything off my phone and set it up from scratch. Well, as I was setting it up, I decided, you know, I really don't need all of these applications that I typically have on my phone. So I started slowly installing different apps. And when I was installing them, I realized, hey, I don't need this on my home screen. I might need the app, like my banking account. Uh, I, I don't need the app on my home screen because it's not something I check all the time or I go into all the time, but it is something that if I want to, I can use Spotlight to open. So right now I literally have one home screen. I've got a widget at the top left corner that's a smart stack. And so that rotates throughout the day with information very interesting how my phone kind of knows when I want to know what the weather's like outside. Imagine that. Uh, directly next to that is uh, the deliveries app, so I can check my deliveries. And I've got, I apparently still have YouTube, need to delete that off of the home screen, but still have it on my app because I can use Spotlight to quickly open it. I've, uh, I, and it looked like I think I still have TikTok on there as well, too, so I should probably move that to the app library. I've got deliveries. I mean, listen, man, no just- Judgment, dude. Uh, you want to watch YouTube and TikTok? That's fine. Yeah, Nobody yeah, cares. Yeah. It's your but, phone. But I have deliveries on there, which is probably the number one used app right now with our MacBook saga. <laughs> so that's on there. Uh, I've got Fantastic on my home screen, and the point is, is I've I've had. F- six pages, four or six pages of applications before I reset. And now I'm able to get what I need done with one page of applications that has the apps that I most commonly open. And then Spotlight, which I think is an underused tool, but Demosley and I have been using it both lately a lot, uh, which is three finger flick down as long as you're not in a widget, uh, is what they should call that gesture. And it will open Spotlight and then you can type the first couple of letters of the app and then towards the top split tap is what I typically do. I don't double tap i just trail my finger up across the top and when i find the app i just tap down with another finger and that opens the app find it to be more reliable than picking my finger up and tapping on the phone twice and then uh you open that app or you can use siri to open the app as well so 
that's what I wanted to mention on the home screens. Do you have anything to add to that, Namasi? Um, not at the moment, but because uh, I haven't, I haven't gotten around to resetting my phone yet. Because I realize there are a couple of things that I need to make sure I, I like mm. export mm. or back up. Yeah, yeah. By the way, might need you to help me get back into the WordPress site. Because guess who done it back up? Duo. I took Duo down. On the WordPress site? Yeah. Oh, okay. You shouldn't see it now. Okay. I thought you just took it off the one password. No, I took it off off of your own page. Well, then I don't have to worry about that. So so actually, all you would have had to do if it was still up, though, is... Oh, um, it'll text me. I can call you. Yeah, you could have had to text you or call you. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Anyways. I do need to go disable 2FA on a couple of sites that I was using duo for that don't actually use duo because yeah. So, Oh, you were using duo for the two factor for the code codes. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, du- duo is, is pretty slick. Like, so if, if, if it's duo, you know, the duo prompt thing, if you, uh, you can have it call you or text you, if you reset your phone and don't have, or you just don't have access to that particular device with duo on it. But also, uh, what I, um, do whenever I'm setting up a new phone, I will go to Duo and log in. Mm. If you go hit settings before you say, you know, send call me or text me, if you go down to the settings button and click that and then say I want to add a new device for Duo, it's still going to make you, you know, get a text or call to authenticate yourself, but then it'll put you right in the place that you need to be to reconnect your device ah. to start getting Duo pushes. Sweet. But I don't have to worry about that. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my resetting of the phone. Every once in a while, I realize, oh, I need this app to to do something, so I'll go download it. But I'm not just. I find myself not just downloading apps just to download apps like I used to anymore. I just download apps for the use of because it's something that needs to be used. Yeah, yeah. I, I was mostly there for a second. I don't really know what happened because I have a ton of apps on my phone now. I don't know how to happen. Uh, but I do need to wipe my phone for the same reasons that you wipe yours, which is just weird, inconsistent behaviors that I can't pin down at all. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to wipe it, start over from scratch, and basically do what you have done, which is um, set up me a smart widget, uh, which I have on my home screen now. I still have that smart widget from, you know, I don't know, like DM76 or something. Uh, no, nah, that's too far back. Mm-hmm. Probably 78. Uh but yeah, I still have my smart widget with Carrot Weather, uh, Fantastical. My smart widget is apparently smarter than I think it is. And I haven't opened it, like went to edit mode to see what's actually there. But there's apparently stuff there that I didn't know was there or stuff has gotten added I think it adds widgets there. I think it is added widgets too. Because so when I built this widget, the things that I added were Carrot Weather. And I used, I forget exactly the name of it, but it's the one that kind of shows you the current, what's currently going on or what's coming up. So like if it's raining, it'll tell me that it's raining. Uh, or something right but if it's not raining and it shows up it's usually because it's like some bad weather coming or it's going to rain or or whatever and and in the morning it'll show me what the high and low is going to be all that no smart widgets very smart smart widget uh carrot is awesome by the way if you guys hadn't checked it out go check it out it is free to download and you get trial of the premium features before you have to pay i pay for the family plan so if you have carrot or you go look at carrot take a look at that and 
you know, calculate the fact that I'm paying that, including tax, every year uh, in perpetuity because it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all that aside, uh, so I have cared how fantastic how um, Todoist was there because at the I had aspirations of using <laughs> to be honest. I didn't really. I've never really used the widget, yeah, uh, yeah. that much, because um, I can't figure out what to do with it. But there was that, and I think I had the Siri widget because I wanted to see how that was going to behave. Um, now what I get, and maybe it's just a Siri widget that that is is the Siri widget is more dynamic than I thought it was uh, because occasionally I will pick up my phone and like I'll see suggestions for shortcuts, which I do think is the Siri widget. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when I first pick it up in the morning, it'll it'll usually recommend. Uh, uh, like either open mail or something because this is what you normally do when you first pick up your phone or if <laughs> I connect Bluetooth, if I connect my headset, stick my earbuds in, like I, it'll usually pop up and be like, open overcast because yeah. normally use when connecting Bluetooth or something. Yep. Uh, but other thing I've noticed is sometimes it's suggesting music stations because I've been listening to music. So like it'll, you know, show me like the, the uh, what was I, I was listening to Jay-Z the other day. So like Jay-Z radio. And I was like, where did this come from? How did this get here? <laughs> I don't want to hear that right now. Well, that's cool. You, right. You know, if I was in the talking. mood to listen to it right now. Yeah, like I was listening to that earlier, but yeah, I don't want to do that right now. I'm just trying to actually go check my bank account, which you didn't recommend uh, for the little love. Like you, my experience with the smart widget has been that I would say 90, you know, a, a large majority of the time it is showing me what I actually wanted to see or should be seeing. Like, you know, there's an event on your calendar because somebody booked an appointment and I forgot about it. <laughs> like you got this thing coming up in four hours. It's like what? Shit is four hours away. Why are you telling? Oh yeah, because I forgot though. Good deal. Good deal. Thank you, Siri. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or you know, weather related. Or and a lot of the Siri suggestions like shortcuts to run, like check on a delivery, right? Mm. Like because I get those. And it's yep. like, how did you know? Like I do kind I, of need I, to I check, on, check on this delivery. You're I should, right? That's exactly <laughs> what that does. Like I, I really should check on that delivery. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Siri, for letting me check on a delivery that says that it has no movement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like this man, this freaking doll that I ordered for for Damia for uh, for Christmas that was supposed to be here before Thanksgiving, and oh, then boy. it kept getting moved, and. I got to tell you a funny story. So apparently there's a FedEx driver uh, in the Birmingham area who instead of delivering his packages is when it threw him off into a ravine. I read that. Yeah, that made news. Uh, And I told Tia, I was like, you know what I think actually happened is that our package was probably on that FedEx vehicle and got thrown away. Amazon just doesn't want to tell me that that's what happened. So they're shipping me another one, but it's taking a really long time (laughs) to get a new one. Because, you know, the package started out in Vegas and then it went to L.A., which makes no sense. Uh Uh, Like it sat in Vegas like it was in Vegas at the distribution center in Vegas for a while. Right. And one day I get a notification from Parcel that says, uh, so this package has just arrived in the L.A. district. I'm like, wait, why would you go that way? <laughs> <laughs> I know you don't always take the most logical routes to get a package to be in the way that I would do it, but that really makes no sense. <laughs> we go from Vegas to L.A., yeah. Yeah. Man, this doll is really rocking out, man. She was hanging out everywhere. She she's doing a tour. We don't pretend to understand logistics. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. But that still doesn't make any sense to me. No, it doesn't. 
So uh, let's wrap this up. I have one pick that I want to mention, and that is commentary. I've been using Android, and I keep forgetting to get Demasi this file, so he will have it by the time this episode publishes, which says he'll have it by Tuesday. It's Saturday night. So <laughs> I've been using commentary on Android. It's a pretty snappy screen reader. I have my little gotchas about it, uh, especially the fact that you can't get it from the Play Store, and you don't know exactly what's happening with it. I'd like to see... What I mentioned to Demasi happened earlier today, but I don't know if that'll ever happen. Uh, and yeah, but commentary is, it's snappy. Uh, I oh, find oh. it. No, go go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Commentary is snappy. I find it to be responsive and uh, it just seems to be a more pleasant experience all around when it comes to using Android. I didn't use, I, I started with commentary a couple years ago when it was in very early beta, saw the potential of it, didn't use it though, because I wasn't using Android regularly. And now I'll pick up the Android phone and I'll have commentary and I'll be like, Oh, that's right. Commentary's on. And I don't, I don't, I don't worry about the sluggishness that I'll find. I've, I find typing to be more reliable and voice dictation to be easier to do as well. Um, it's easier to find the voice dictate button. And lastly, I, I, I'm mixed about the, about the way that commentary handles some of their features are behind a paywall, which I will be fully transparent. I do not pay for commentary because I'm not sure that I'm comfortable with that yet. Uh, but yeah, so. Uh, commentary is what I'm picking. A link to the Telegram group where you can get it will be in the show notes at youronpay.com slash DM84. And what were you having me hold on for? I was going to say, so I don't think you should dance around the thing that you told me about earlier today, which is it would be a possibly a good idea for Microsoft to develop Narrator to be an optional screen reader for Android. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, 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 go ahead. I was going to say, like, I like the idea when you brought I, it never occurred to me until you said it. I was like, that's actually not a bad idea because I also think it would be smart. I think they do have a launcher. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I think it will be, and, and they're making Android devices uh, at this yeah. point. I think they should, one, I think they should keep doing that. Like, keep making Android stuff. They don't all have to be foldable, dual screen things. You know, you can make it just a, just a phone. No, that that would be fine, uh, but give it to Microsoft Experience. Like you know, give people the Windows, give people the Windows Eleven look on a mobile device that is running Android, which makes it extremely compatible. Like I like that, and I got to that point about the them keeping making devices because of your comment about narrator. I'm like that that could be a excellent experience, and I think something that is definitely worth exploration, even if it turns out maybe it's not a great idea for X number of reasons, but they definitely should do it. And touch supports already there with narrators. So yeah. So even easier. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I won't dance around it. I think that they should make narrator. And I said it to Demasi this earlier today. So, the reason I stopped, uh, just, you know, if anybody's actually listening live, you will hear this, but I don't know if Mike is going to leave it in the show or not. I was also going to say, we know Jeff, like Jeff might actually be interested to hear this. So you should absolutely put it in the show. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> but does he listen this far? <laughs> well, we didn't curse that much this time. True. True. There was one, damn it. <laughs> it was a couple of fucks too bit of shit yeah, but yeah, you know yeah. <laughs> do you have anything you want to pick or do you want to just wrap it up uh 
so I do have a pick. I am going to pick another podcast that you should also listen to. Ooh, yes, you should. If you are interested, actually, I'm going to pick two. I'm going to pick one off the recommendation of Mike because I haven't listened to it yet, but I will. Uh, and that is Business Wars. Uh, Mike, you want to tell people exactly what type of stuff Business Wars does? Because I don't <laughs> think I could do it justice. But I am going to listen to it. I am subscribed now. Yeah, you are finally. Uh, I, by the way, I listened to your other one that you're going to mention here in a moment, and he he butchered your name a little bit. <laughs> Just a little I, bit. I see how he got there, though. I do. I do. Uh, so Business Wars is a uh, – and you'll see that I already put both of them in the notes. Business Wars is a – it's it's a dramatized narration of the adventures that businesses go through um, and the competitions that they face. At the end of each episode, they say, you know, what has been – what has been stated in this may not necessarily be exactly what was said, but this is the best information that we have with the with the notes that we've been provided. And, and they put a disclaimer because they'll use some of their voice actors to say some things that they imagine were said in the boardroom, for example. Uh, and of course, if there's recordings of some of the content, then they'll put those recordings in the show as well. So you can hear that. But Business Wars is a great podcast, comes out twice a week. Uh, they fo- they just did a series on the BlackBerry versus iPhone journey, and uh, that was that was an interesting one to listen to. Um, from when the BlackBerry really took off, right after nine eleven, to the fall of the BlackBerry, uh, and I'm intrigued to see what they're going to come up with starting on Monday because they release Monday and Wednesday. Cool beans. And Mike has been telling me about this uh, for a while. I finally uh, actually searched for it. Here's the problem. Like, it's not that I didn't want to listen to it. It's that Mike would tell me about it and I wouldn't be in a position to go look for it in Overcast. And then I would be in Overcast. I'm like, what the hell is that show Mike told me about? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so he brought it up the other day again. And I was like, okay, hold on. I'm going to pick up the phone right now and go into Overcast <laughs> and add this to Overcast. So I don't forget what it is, or at least don't forget to add it. And then now I can go listen to it. So I'm going to check it out. It seems like they've had, uh, there was one episode, was it Google and Apple or Google and somebody in Google? Uh, that is, I think the first, uh, series they did that you, you were telling me to check out, uh, a while back. Yeah, I think it was. Um, yeah, they they've done. They did. Uh, it was KFC. One of them was. Oh, that's what it was. That is the yeah. person you told me about. Yeah. KFC. Yeah. 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 So, uh, the other podcast I want to recommend, which I do listen to, uh, I didn't realize the episode I sent you a link to. I shared by David though. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's the is uh, barbecue and tech. Uh, which is done by two of the three people who do the show, the SMR podcast. So look, there's three tips, right? There's three picks right yep. there. Um, yep. Go check that one out too. Uh, but if you're at all interested in cooking, I'm going to just say barbecue because I, I, you know, they're talking about doing some episodes on sous vide and uh, a few other things, crock pot cooking, making chili. So there's going to be more cooking. But if you're interested in the technology and cooking in the technology that can be involved in cooking, whether it's on a grill or otherwise, it's a pretty good, it is a really good show. Uh, I've been enjoying it. I have gotten some tips. Uh, I have shared a couple of tips. Uh, so it, it is, it's a very good show. I just shared a link to it uh, with Michael a couple of days ago because I remember Mike talking about 
cooking ribs on his Traeger. Mike's fancy. He's got a Traeger. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just over here still with my charcoal. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it, it, it's, it's a really good show. It's very entertaining. But also, uh, again, I think you can pick up some valuable tips about cooking, even if you're not a, a outdoor cooker, like you, you cook inside, you do oven and, and pan frying and things yep. like that. I still think there are valuable tips to be gained. They're just about how to handle meat. Uh, how to you know check for doneness things of that nature as well as tips on seasonings and stuff like that uh, one of my favorites all time favorite seasonings still is always keep it simple salt and pepper it works mm-hmm. and next week next time that we record we'll have to talk about this wing dust I just thought about it. I'm like, man, we can't talk about that shit now uh, yeah yeah we'll edit wing that dust out. in the future what is it yeah how did it work yeah well, that is DM84. Show notes and more information available at yourownpay.com forward slash DM84. I'm on Twitter at Payon, P-A-Y-O-W-N. He's on Twitter at Damasi, D-A-M-A-S-H-E. And I've been updating the show's Twitter, which is at the DM series. You've been listening to Your Own Pay Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, visit yourownpay.com slash cast for exclusive content. And to contact us today. We're eager to hear your thoughts and about how you're making this podcast your own. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. The Your Own Pay Podcast, yourownpay.com.